you hit the ball, you catch the ball, you throw the ball. If you can do those three things, the f- does it matter if you look like someone beat you with the ugly stick your whole life? Why does that f- matter? Yeah, could you imagine like Danny DeVito having a career, but you can't because you're not good looking enough? Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Mats and Heiner. Better red than dead. Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. Do you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? We're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We appreciate your help growing the podcast. Go ahead and hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsourverdict.com. Subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates. Today, we're reviewing the movie Moneyball. It was released September 23rd, 2011. It was written by Steve Zalian and Aaron Sorkin. It was directed by Bennett Miller. stars Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Chris Pratt, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Ken Medlock, and Karis Dorsey. The Oakland A's general manager, Billy Bean, attempts to assemble a baseball team on a lean budget by employing computer-generated analysis to acquire new players. If you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, go ahead and pause here. Go watch the movie. Once you watch it, come back, pick up where you left off. If you don't care about spoilers, stick around. We're about to spoil the shit out of this thing interesting movie guys billy bean so let's just go ahead and get this out of the way the dude had to go out on an island to try to change baseball and it's kind of interesting to think about from a perspective of what he was doing he was kind of forced into the situation of they have this lean budget on the you know, small market team of the oakland days Damn and he has to compete with all these other rich teams the the yankees the red Sox, all these teams that just have money crawling out of their ears but I think a lot of people, when I watch this movie, it seems like they want to try to give him credit for, he's just like, oh, I'm going to change the game here instead of, well, I need to do something different. So how do we do that? A little bit of both. But to me, I look at it and go, he was forced into the situation to make those changes. What do you guys think about that whole setup of Billy Bean? Well, from the way the movie portrays it, it wasn't really his idea to begin with, to be frank. I'm just true. To me, it kind of feels like classic case of you work with someone, aka your manager, that hears of a great idea from you and then runs with it and then kind of brings you in at the tail end and says, hey, this is what I did. This is what we're going to do. And you're going to get like a little bit of the credit. But what's (laughs) funny is that guy totally would have gone down if it went poorly. Right. (laughs) So the whole movie, they're like, oh, we're both on the line here. But which one of them got a multi-million dollar sign-on yeah. deal at the end of the movie? <laughs> it was well, what you'd like. You, what you'd like to think is, and they don't. And I totally agree with you, Javier. But you wonder if Billy Bean would have been smart enough to say, "Well, wherever I go, like this kid's coming with me," because without him, like, where would we be? But I don't know. Maybe the book or some documentary tells more about that. The true story about him is that Peter Brand guy is actually was based on a number of assistants that Billy Bean had. The one that he actually used the numbers and they pulled in that situation was a guy named Paul E. Podesta. And he actually he played football, wanted to be a football coach, but ended up doing this baseball thing. And he actually asked for his name not to be used, his likeness not to be used in the movie. That's how we ended up with Jonah Hill as Peter Brand, because he didn't want to be represented specifically. Um, and he actually, I don't know, but he actually went on to be a part of a number of different teams besides the A's. He, he God, he actually, in 2016, was hired by the Cleveland Browns to do oh, the same shit for well. football. 
So, and he, it lasted all of like two years and then he, they were done. But yeah, it was ugly. But his character, Peter Brandt's character, was based off that guy's character who you're describing. The numbers part of it. So the fact that like the whole analysis and player, you know, getting on base, mm-hmm. things like that, all of that was based on his. But the character itself, like the way that he acted, his personality was based on. So he didn't come from Cleveland and anything like that. Man, no. see, now knowing that I hate that when they i've got to be honest when they take true stories and then they insert a fictional element a strong fictional element of a reason why we probably like this movie because i like jonah hill's character that does annoy me quite a bit well so i mean he did work for the indians but he was a scout and then he worked he was an event what they call an advanced scout and then he did become an assistant to the general manager for the team for a minute but it wasn't he was hired normally. It wasn't like that he went in there and there was all this drama around, you know, them not letting him have players or different things like that. Like we were just went in and there was conversations about these numbers and why they were choosing the players that they were choosing. And he ended up hiring this guy from the Indians, but like a normal, yeah, it wasn't like he went and poached him or like he calls yeah. him at three in the morning and said, I just bought you from the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> it wasn't anything that dramatic. Which, how does employment in Major League Baseball work? You just buy people from other, and then that dude just has to move cities? Like, how does that work? Yeah, I'm assuming that they many bought out his contract, because most of the time in sports, regardless of where you're at, you're contracted. You do have contracts, you're not allowed to, because they have NDAs, they have all these different things that you're not allowed to go talk about. So when he says that, I'm assuming it's, I bought your contract, or I paid off your contract so you could go somewhere else without breaking it. And usually you come with, like, soda machines, too. Yeah, no shit. That was real, though. Freaking petty owner. Can't yes. even, has it charges people a dollar for soda? Maybe you shouldn't own a sports team. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a point. I mean, it is open. It's crazy. Have, you, have any of you, like, been in a, I mean, obviously not to that grand of a scale, right? But, like, tried to make changes and been out on that island where you're like, oh, shit, if this doesn't work, I'm in trouble. Oh, like what Billy Bean, where he basically staked his reputation on Moneyball, like the analysts yeah. of baseball. Have, have any of you done anything? Obviously, again, like I said, not that scale, right, where you're talking about a national sport, but something like at work where you, like, I want to make a change and here's the change. And you're kind of like, oh, shit, if this doesn't work, I'm in for it. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm Jonah Hill's character waiting to find my Billy Bean. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. No, I mean, I can't say I've made anything drastic like that where I went out and a whim and and did something that really put myself in a strong financial risk or security risk of that regard. No, nothing, nothing close. Honestly, the closest thing I can think of, and this isn't even remotely close, is like moving into tech recruiting because I had knew nothing about it. Went to a big Mm. company and staked my reputation that I could do it. But even that seems just very child's play to what he did. Well, and that's like, I don't know that I would have the balls to do that. Like to go, yeah, I'm going to risk my whole career on, because let's be honest, if this guy doesn't do this, right? So he goes back to his scouts and he lets him grab people and he lets him bring them in who was there. And and they just kind of put together a team based on that. He's going to keep his job. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be able to find enough success for a small market team to be able to probably keep his job. So he had no real incentive other than the backstory that they give that he hated the way that 
players were recruited and and then on top of that the fact that he wants to win so i don't know that i would ever have the balls to just say yeah here's my career on the line be like us since we're all in like hr recruiting basically saying no we're gonna go do our own talent development the independent thing if for you jj or Harvard and i starting our own like recruiting agency and having some special analytics spin doing that right now in this day and age seems like <laughs> absolute suicide at the moment (laughs) as long as ian's doing all our analytics i'm in (laughs) but going back to what you just said jj about billy bean kind of going out on a limb for the reasons you mentioned about he didn't like the way players were recruited and the fact that he wanted to win i i'm sure he wrote more about it or i don't know what it is but when at the end of the movie when the the red sox manager put all that money in front of i think it was like 12 million highest paid gm in sports ever why that was one of it and maybe you can ask this question like why did he turned that down because he could have made a lot of money, could have very much won with the Red Sox and had the full support of an owner that wasn't going to nickel and dime him where he actually had to buy a player to get them on his roster. So to me, based off what you identified, why he didn't, I I think the movie told us he didn't take it because he didn't want to base his decision off of money, but I felt there were so many other factors that still would have made that a positive situation. Yeah, so I think the movie pointed made it seem like it was for his daughter, right? Yeah, okay. Then he wouldn't have as much time. But dude, if you're raking in $12 million a year you you could figure out figure this out right it's like like flights are cheap if you you have 12 million dollars a year well, i think so, he probably could have gotten it written in where he's like hey you're and you're gonna pay for bi-weekly weekly flights that i can go home or whatever sure right. done or hell take this to court dude i make 12 million dollars a year i can afford it hell a nice attorney and i can tell a judge she'll she'll be well taken care of yeah like i don't know i'm with you man so there's got to be ways around whatever reasons he had to turn down that kind of money could have been solved with that kind of money you know okay two things one it was about his daughter and he did interviews after the movie where he talks about people ask him do you regret turning down the job in boston because you would have probably won some world series they've won three since he got that offer and plus you would have been making buku bucks and he says no i don't regret it because i was there for all of the important things for my kid who was a teenager at the time and when it happened so it, he's like i don't regret it. he goes and that's what he he says the main reason was this kid he goes that that whole money thing was kind of a dramatic thing and part of the movie and while he did feel that way and had made that commitment it wasn't something that it weighed as heavily as his family second with that yes i hear what you're saying that 12 and a half million dollars a year is a lot of money but at the same time, or and it's just so you know, it's not 12 and a half a year. It's 12 and a half million over five years, which is still a shit ton of money. Whoa. Don't look at me like that. Jeez, I, got, I got scraping the poverty so, line. So what was he making before that? Like like a million dollars over five years and having to buy his own underwear and soda? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. I probably not. I'm not sure, but um, it was in the millions, I'm sure. Okay, so it looks like up until 2016 he was making a million dollars a year. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be hard to convince me that this dude has money problems. Well, I don't think anybody he nobody said he has money problems. He wasn't saying he has. He said he wouldn't make a decision based on money. 
Yeah, that's I mean, something rich people say. <laughs> that's that is a rich person luxury, not making decisions based on money. You but, get that luxury when you're making a million dollars a year. To the point of raising his kid and being there for his kid, yes, he probably could have made some things work. But the amount of stress that he probably feels being a GM and making sure he's running this baseball team and making those decisions and and then to have to add on to that traveling twice a week or picking his daughter up and finding something, you know what I mean? Like that added stress, like I get it. Like I think looking at it why would you put that much more on yourself and what how would your your performance suffer even in boston something's got to give right you're either going to spend less time with your daughter in order to win the world series with boston or you're going to spend not be as committed to boston because you have to travel so much to be there for your family and and your daughter that's so important so it's it's one of those things where you got to find that balance and i don't know that you could Boston to LA is a long fucking trip. Um, is he still there, JJ? He is. He's he's the he's the president of baseball operations at the Oakland A's. He's no longer the GM, but he's like above the GM, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I but. just that I totally get everything that you're saying, and I don't get me wrong. Like family is important to me, and I I think I probably would have leaned more in his decision making. But there are other owners, and and knowing what I know about the Oakland franchise, and in general, like with an owner that is that difficult, and there's other. Teams teams that are close by like at some point i feel like if you still want to win maybe get an owner that can afford to win a little bit more because in baseball it is a very big thing now what would be totally different if this was say the nfl and had a salary cap then i don't even think i'd say anything i'd be like look you want to be close to your kid you want to win you have the, the confines everywhere with baseball money a lot of times is king granted mm-hmm. you can still do it it's possible but more often than not money is king could you imagine oh, going to the boston red sox and just completely fucking it up right just like tanking their season because like if you're if you're the gm of the oakland a's and you just have a terrible season it's like yeah it's just like a average got no money right yeah like you got a million excuses you go to the boston red sox and you have a bad season you have no excuse well, it's, it's true their fans will eat you alive right so I don't know, maybe that played into the decision. He didn't want to be ran out of Boston. <laughs> Here's the thing. He would have been next in a long line of GMs since the days of Babe Ruth that got run out of Boston because they couldn't win the final game of the season because Boston was wretched and that didn't win a World Series for like 50 some odd years or some was, shit. Since It was like 1918. Yeah, it was gross. Like how long it had been since until the- 2004, and then they won it like two years after Moneyball. But yeah, yeah. that's a good point, Javier. There's immense pressure there, and in Oakland, like who cares about baseball there? Not that many people because nobody goes to games. Who even cares about Oakland, the city? Right? There's just no <laughs> pressure there. <laughs> well, I guess the Warriors don't because they left. So fair point. <laughs> I've often wondered every time I watch this, like the scouting process. And what people what they based shit on in baseball boggles my mind because it's still to this day they talk about like the look test like the mm-hmm. eye candy nice the eye test yeah, yeah nice space yeah, hey you, nice you can't have an ugly girlfriend because it alludes to lack of confidence <laughs> dude that shit's real so I I do I love baseball and I I have a video game that it's baseball it's and as you play it like somebody there's a guy that gets up and I can't remember who it is but it's the same guy every time I play this team this announcer says man this is like this guy's the GM's dream. He's he's got this, and he names off all these skills that he has on the field, right? And then he and he passes the eye test, and I'm like, how the fuck is this a thing? Like you're standing in a fucking baseball field, you hit the ball, you catch the ball, you throw the ball. If you can do those three things. 
the fuck does it matter if you look like someone beat you with the ugly stick your whole life? Why does that fucking matter? Yeah, could you imagine like Danny DeVito having a career, but you can't because <laughs> you're not good looking enough? <laughs> oh my goodness. Fair point. Kills me. But I do love those scenes where they're in like the scout room at the beginning of the, the movie, near the beginning of the movie, and Billy Bean just looked like he looks so flabbergasted by these bullshit conversations that are happening with all these scouts. And he's just sitting there shaking his head. And I love when he just goes off. He goes, what the fuck are we talking about then? <laughs> he says that like four times throughout the movie. And seriously, like I start, I've started saying that. Like, yeah. what are we talking about? <laughs> it's such a good line. Now, can we get to the, probably my favorite part of this movie? The ultimate fu is when we know we know what I'm getting the the manager, the in game manager who consistently is not playing the correct lineup to the way that he drafted the team. And you know he's like, you know what? What what am I going to do? He he just ships out the people that they, this manager is playing, and then comes back to him and says like, he brings Jason Giambi, and he's like, ah, uh, he's packing. Pena's gone, and some other dude was gone as well. And he's just like. F you, bro. You wanted it. Here it is. Start these people. Dude, that was big dick energy. (laughs) As someone who doesn't follow sports at all, were those names that they were throwing around of the players were like, were those well-known names? Yeah, those are real people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Real people, real trades, all of that kind of stuff. All of that was very real. They did a really good job with the research in this film because even like the box score stuff in the games that they showed, was all correct and then and part of that's because they interweave the actual footage of these games mm-hmm. so often with the filmed footage for the movie but there's a lot of accuracy there yeah but he did he traded Pena he, he sent two pitchers down and then he did something else well of course Giambi he got rid of Jason Giambi and but that was a personal thing amazing but. F you to that manager and you know what and then ESPN and the, I love that they did some of the live feeds were crediting the mm-hmm. manager for the success and that I, I want I want Billy Bean to come yeah. back in that guy's office and be like and let's not forget this isn't you this is my doing right. <laughs> I just love that he actually didn't give a shit. Like when they're sitting there yeah. watching that and the announcers are like, and Art Howe has this been this calming influence in the dugout or whatever. And Jonah Hill's character is like, what the fuck? They're saying this is art. He goes, I don't give a shit. As long as we're winning games, he goes, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, all I heard was winning streak or something like there, that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's right. Seven games or something. Yeah, it was, it was a good one. JJ, you know something I, I didn't text you that just thought about this for, for those that are big sports watchers. You know the feeling Billy Bean has where he doesn't want to be at the games because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to affect the outlook. I, I know you as a big Buckeyes fan sometimes have that feeling of like, man, if I had watched this game, maybe it would have been different. But more so, man, if I just don't watch this quarter or this game, like it'll, it'll just work out. We'll win. It'll be good. Like, have you ever had that feeling before? Because I definitely have had that feeling where you just don't want to F it up. Oh, so last speaking of baseball, when the Cleveland Indians were in the World Series, what was it, three years ago? And they had the rain delay and the it was game seven rain delay. The Indians were on a hot streak. They'd scored like four runs. They 
tied it and then there was a rain delay and i turned so that whole game with the rain delay i didn't watch it because i didn't watch the first three games because i was like my indians will never win the world series ever again most likely and it breaks my soul but i was like i'm not i'm not watching it because they're there they have this chance i was like but i'm not gonna get my heart broken again i'm a cleveland guy it's not gonna work so i didn't watch it well then they're winning like they were up like two to one in the and first like three I, games. I can't start watching now i'm gonna ruin it exactly so i would check score just like Billy Bean was in this movie. Like I would flip it on the TV for like a second and then I would turn it off just to see. And then I would check the scores on Google and see where it was at. And then the last game, it was killing me to not watch this shit because I'm sitting here watching the score and I see that they're taking the lead and then the rain delay happens and I literally looked at Case and I was like, we're fucked. And she goes, what do you mean? She goes, it's just a rain delay. I'm like, I know, but you just killed the momentum of this game. They're fucked. And of course they come back I think it was the Dodgers going a fucking run or whoever the hell it was and win the game. Oh, it was the Cubs. The Cubs. Yeah, the, the, the Cubs won. Oh, but I, I totally resonate with that feeling with you and Billy Bean where it's just stupidly irrational, but a, mm-hmm. every sports fan has felt that way. Well, and another funny story about that. So I'm not a jazz fan. I don't like basketball to be for the most part at all, but I've been to a handful of jazz games. I have never, ever been to a jazz game and they've won the only time. I've, and that started as a little kid. So when I was like 12 years old, we came up, we were living in Kentucky and we came out to Utah to visit family and my uncle and my cousin and myself and my dad went to a jazz game against the Cleveland Cavaliers back when it was the old school Cleveland Cavaliers, Mark Price, Craig Elo, all those guys. So we're watching this and my dad and I are rooting for Cleveland, obviously, because we were from there and Cleveland won on a last second shot by Mark Price. And from that day on, I have never been to a jazz game and watched the jazz win ever. So all my buddies that that I worked with at the car dealership were like, they're big jazz fans. And they hear that. I was like, I think I'm going to go to the jazz jazz game and like no you're fucking not do not fucking go because <laughs> i've never been and they've won ever so when i first moved to utah i didn't know that there was a basketball team here called the jazz i just thought there were a lot of jazz fans like the music <laughs> jazz and i'm like that's so strange to me <laughs> hey javier by the way thanks for that basketball it's still proudly displayed in my basement oh good i uh for madsen's birthday i got him because the jazz's coach died like earlier this year or whatever yeah, and there, there was an estate fun. sale so some dude picked up a couple of basketballs so i bought a signed basketball with him and like the whole team uh or wow. a, a great was. gift but come when javier gave to me like i'll be honest, i was like javier gave me a basketball signed by the like, jazz like yeah it's just not like a javier <laughs> thing to do from a sports perspective so i was taken I wasn't aback even by it like sure if he was a, a sports fan or jazz i'm still not convinced jazz is a real team so i was like kind <laughs> of concerned hands. i just <laughs> got hustled you know, I, I don't I don't know what these guys' signatures look like. So just like, I sure hope I'm buying them a worthwhile gift and some like crackhead hobo didn't just scribble all over the basketball. Well, either way, it's a really it's a really nice basketball. So that's yeah, how you play with it, I guess. <laughs> One day his kid will. That's that's always what happens. Big dick energy. Like, that's my like favorite part of this lot. podcast. Sandlot. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what do you guys think of Jonah Hill? Because to me, like this is his best movie ever. Yeah. But I'm not a fan. There are a number of actors that I think are only technically actors because they've been in movies. Otherwise, they absolutely (laughs) suck. And Jonah Hill is one of them. Except in this movie, I was like, wow, this kid is actually acting. Yeah, I love the way that he 
plays off of Brad Pitt so well. I like, guess to that constantly. question, does nobody like him in Wolf on Wall Street here? I actually haven't seen that. I couldn't get past yeah. those teeth. Like he did a great job in it, but his mouth bothered me. Those those veneers. <laughs> Agreed with the veneers, but I thought he did well he did. in that movie. Where he it's did. same with this movie. This is the best Jonah Hill movie to what Javier said that I love that phrase, Javier. Never heard that. Just because you're in a movie. Or how did you say you say it again, Javier? That was so I liked what you said. I don't remember. I just I think I said that there are some actors who are only technically actors because they've been in movies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because <laughs> a lot of his movies just are complete garbage. But really in this movie, I I just like how he plays off of Billy Bean, like we talked about his character and i'm like why doesn't he try to do this more like why isn't he played for more roles like this because if he is i'd go see him a lot yeah i mm-hmm. agree because i'm kind of i'm honestly i'm kind of tired of his like comedic stuff and grin i haven't really seen anything in with him in a long time probably because of that i don't even know if he still acts well he hasn't yeah. done a lot and he lost a bunch of weight then he gained a lot mm-hmm. of it back though no and then he lo- he did and then he lost it all again yeah, okay he's, yeah, down he's to- getting pretty thin right now i think yeah yeah like I would totally watch more of him like this. Yeah. Right? Like, like uh, what's that dude from? Um, oh, my gosh. The dude from Twilight that we've seen like nine movies. Oh, Robert, oh. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Yeah. Before, He's resurrected. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like Jonah Hill could totally resurrect for me if he played more roles like this. Like um, Steve Carell. Like, I actually really like him as an actor now that I've seen him in The Big Short and Vice, like a couple other movies. I think he could do well as one of those comedic or like shitty actors if he wanted to take on more serious roles. Agreed. I completely agree. Especially about Steve Carell. I couldn't stand that guy. Right. And now he's he's done some movies that I really like. The Big Short's really good. I like that. Yeah. You brought up a scene earlier before we started about the whole Ricardo Rincon trade scene and this frenetic scene. So tell us what you liked about it. I want to hear your perspective perspective on this scene yeah, yeah yeah dude honestly i've watched that scene since watching the movie it's gonna be my go-to like problem solving scene uh, <laughs> like if i'm ever stuck on something i'm gonna watch that because man he doesn't find good deals he makes good deals right and that was just so cool to watch him like go between like three different phones and like four different people and just bullshitting his way through it right he's like oh yeah they're taking him it's it's a done deal it was nowhere near a done deal when he's telling that to the other guy yeah it was awesome well the best part is when he calls he calls mark jacobs he's talking to the dude in cleveland and he's like oh yeah he goes i think the market on rincon is softening and because with san diego or whoever it was and as then he's sitting there talking to himself and he's like he goes yeah they're never gonna take him he goes they got bonds and they got this and they got that and he goes the giants are not gonna budge and he's like yeah i agree so then he starts calling somebody else to get them on the hook he goes we just gotta soften the market Get on Rincon. And I'm just yeah. like, and then my favorite part of that is he's stuffing popcorn in his face the whole time. Yeah. And then the guy calls from Cleveland and he spits it out on his floor so he can start <laughs> talking again. <laughs> but it's the funny thing about that, if you guys have seen Draft Day, there's kind of a, some similar scenes like that where, I mean, I don't know how true to form these all exactly are, but most of these times these teams are dealing with really strict deadlines, especially during like Draft Day. And a lot of this stuff, you got to have that confidence. And you just got to wheel and deal and, and kind of spew stuff out of your ass and, and get it to work. Draft Day, we should watch Draft Day one of these times. That's one of my favorite movies. And for no other, like, it's funny than, than the end scene, you pancake eating motherfucker. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's a great scene. I'm going to make you guys watch that one of these days down the road. I love when Jeremy Hill gets on the phone. It's like a completely different situation where he's like this little mouse and he's like talking at the end. He's like, okay, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And he like hangs up and he's like, thank you. 
And when he adds the please, he's yeah, like, was... did, did Billy say that? No, I added the please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great scene. I too. also like the the scene where he has to tell, I think it's Pena that he's been traded because mm-hmm. Billy Bean makes him finally do that. And and then it kind of runs true to form like Billy Bean is talking with a guy, grabs paper, looks at it, and he's like, that's it. And he's like, yep. And he just walks out. When I love the big sigh when he walks out of the room, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's done. Because <laughs> yeah. if you fight, if you traded Javier, he would have berated you for five minutes. Yeah. I don't know. Like that's that's one of those things in the world in that world that I just don't understand. Like, is that pretty normal? Just to be yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Straight up, yeah. super normal. Yeah. There's a deadline halfway through the season, and as you get close to the trade deadline, you start seeing people just get traded left and right, man. Is it accurate? Like they, they trade one of the guys and he tells him like, go have him get undressed. Cause he's not playing against me tonight. Like, is that, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that happens. <laughs> yep. I mean, laugh. Can you imagine him being like your favorite player and going to the stadium <laughs> to watch him? And then he comes out on for the other team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then some guy's like, bro, take that jersey out. You don't yeah. play for us no more. <laughs> but the funny thing is that's why some some of these companies now have like buyback jersey programs because this happens mm-hmm. so cool so much. Oh no wow. way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially baseball and soccer. Baseball and, and major league soccer, two of them, it happens constantly. Well, Major League Soccer even has more because they'll ship players off to like Europe to play for a team for X amount of time to just go get experience. And so they're on the team. And then the next thing you know, they're not playing for six months because they're over in Europe. So you got to become like an Arsenal fan to watch your favorite player now. (laughs) Or worse, you're in baseball and you get sent down like that one player you had to because of the roster. That sucks because then you're back in like AAA, AA where you're on the bus, you're living in the dumps. And that's what really sucks. Yeah, you're playing for the Orem Owls or the Ogden Raptors. Major League back down. Down all yeah, the time. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. If they need roster room, if like what happens in, in Moneyball. So they pick up Ricardo Rincon, this pitcher, and he has to go in and tell Magnante, this old veteran pitcher who's been struggling, he's when he says, Oh, I've been traded, and he looks at him and he's like, mm, no. That's telling him, No, dude, you're headed back down to the minors. We gotta send him down. So they send him back down. So they're still on the team, technically part of the organization. They're getting paid, but they take a huge pay cut and they're basically playing baseball with amateurs, kids. That sucks. That's insulting. Yeah, baseball's a brutal <laughs> well, baseball's a brutal sport because baseball, you get drafted. So they show Billy Bean get drafted in this, right? Well, they show him he's this, he's an exception to the rule. Baseball players don't get drafted and go right to the major leagues. It's not the NFL. It's not the NBA. They get drafted and then they get sent down to the lowest league. They get sent down to these farm clubs to prove themselves and to continue Mm. to gain experience in baseball. And then you can work your way up through the three levels of minor league baseball to finally maybe get a chance to get into the show. And even then you don't make great money until you played in the show for like major leagues for like four or five years and then that's why baseball gets outlandish money because at that point hey yeah man, and their contract terms are the longest so you don't your contract your rookie contract is six years long you have to play in the majors for six years before you can get great money so and by great money, i mean the ridiculous money they're still making hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars that's why you want to be a pro athlete play a different sport because it's easier yeah. to make the baseball big money. baseball ain't it because it's you, you you work your ass off even after being drafted 
So anyway, if you guys want to be a professional athlete, be a professional boxer. It is super easy to be a pro boxer. You literally just accept money for a fight and you're a pro boxer. So, yeah. Yeah. But see, then I got to take a punch. Oh, dude. I watched my coach fight this one dude who literally took three punches from my coach, took a knee and just stayed down. Probably made like 200 bucks. (laughs) That'd be me, dude. I'd be like, oh, you win. Fuck, I'm done. (laughs) It was like some weak ass body shot that like just brought him to his knee. And he's like, I'm good. That's the worst for me. Fat kid like me. I'm out. So I did want to talk about the last game of the streak, right? So they get on this streak and you get to that last game and it kind of builds on that whole fear of him jinxing the team that we talked about. So he shows up because they're up by 11 fucking runs. It's, it's, it's like, it's silly. There's no way they lose this game. And then he walks in the stadium and they start to lose the game. So really interesting to me. It's just like he says, it's hard not to be romantic about baseball because you watch this team that's losing it, losing it, losing it. And then this kid that they brought in who can't play his typical position because he's got nerve damage. Everybody wanted him to not be part of the team. The on-field manager kept not playing Hatterberg because he was a catcher. And this kid comes in and dinks a home run to win this game, walk off. What a freak. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because that's the the shit that's so cool about baseball. What did you guys think about that whole streak in the last game in the streak to get 20? I thought they were going to lose it because I didn't know the history. So I thought like, oh, yeah, they're up by 11 and the team comes back. They're going to lose this and then it goes the streak. But I do like the part you talked about, Hatterberg, especially when they sit down, like seeing kind of the behind the scenes of like the family life and what he went through and then having to step into this position he never played for. Like I thought that was a kind of interesting story to include alongside all the other stories that are going on in this movie. But yeah, the the streak, I thought it was over. For me, it's kind of what I talked about beforehand about like not wanting to jinx the moment because it that's exactly what started. You know, it, me being a sports, I know it was exactly what he was thinking as that first run was scored. He's like, man, why did I come back? Shouldn't have listened mm-hmm. to my daughter. I'm going back in. We're probably, we could lose now. I ruined this thing. Like, what was I thinking? All those thoughts is what I'm thinking as a sports fan. And you just know he's agonizing. Every time a run is scored, he's just punishing himself. He's just feeling like the absolute worst. Mm-hmm. And then when that, when that homer is hit, I'm sure he's like, I, I'm maybe he had those thoughts about baseball being romantic, but when he found out which player hit it, that's when I'm sure he was like, man, baseball, baseball just, it crushes you and then it lifts you up because of all the people to hit that homer, as you were kind of talking about, so fitting that it had to be that one individual to do it. And sports is romantic in a lot of ways. Yeah. And it's not just baseball. That's one of the things I think we like about sports is be, what other medium do we have that can produce that swing of emotions in that short period of time? Sports for me, besides probably war and someone dying right in front of you or tragic things like that sports is the only other medium that we have that can provide those wide ranging of emotions and i think that's why a lot of people love it me included oh no man the stock market swings pretty hard (laughs) (laughs) hey hey good example very true money money sports and and blood probably (laughs) blood being like family war stuff like those are the probably the things that that fluctuate stuff the most good point Ian. though i do have to say i think that was as fun as that home run was i thought it was more entertaining watching the home run of the guy that didn't realize he hit a home run 
Like that was super funny to watch. Oh yeah, that clip. <laughs> I just oh love the God. conversation leading up to it, right? So he's gotten yeah. all this money offered to, and he, he's like, "I don't want to watch film right now." Like <laughs> he's like, "Come on, anyway." Yeah, and I do. I love that scene, Ian, where he's just like, "This is our 250 pound catcher for you know on Visalia's team, and he's about to do something he he never does." And he poor kid falls, and turns out that he hit a home run, and everybody's patting him on the ass from the other teams, telling him, "No, dude, you kid." run get the fuck out of here <laughs> so funny i love this movie should we rate it Let's do it okay i will go first uh, yeah i love baseball i love this movie casey and i saw this in the theater when we were living in ohio and i was so tickled by it i was actually worried about it because i was like how do you make a movie about this whole statistical thing and i remember this season i remember hearing about the streak with the athletics and i remember it was just a cool time for baseball interesting changes happened after that where they did a hybrid version of it in boston where you had the big stars plus all these guys that were supporting acts that could get on base and score runs so it was really fun to see a difference in baseball it's kind of fun to watch like the interpretation of how baseball used to be where it was just kind of ridiculous about why people felt like they were going to be these guys were going to be good baseball players so i love the movie i thought it was very well acted across the board i thought it was tense they did a great job weaving in the real footage for the game it was so insane that when hatterberg hit that home run you can see chris pratt swing the bat and take the step back just like hatterberg did and it so i was like this is impressive the amount of work that they would have had to have put in to make sure that everything stayed accurate looked great it really made me miss philip seymour hoffman he's so good it's just, it was sad when he passed and he's such a great actor even as this gristled ornery baseball manager like i just enjoyed his performance overall just love this movie it's a lot of fun i've watched it a hundred times i'll watch it a hundred more i'm gonna give it a four and a half and I think the only thing reason I don't give it a five is just because there are moments to me that felt a little draggy. I think there was a little even more that they didn't need to have. And then at the end, it felt a little rushed. Like it was like, whoa, we went from the streak to the ALDS. Like, was there shit that happened in between those two things? So anyway, that was my big thing. Matson. So I'm going to give this movie a solid four. Not going to most of what JJ already said is the reasons why I like this movie. JJ answered my question of why he wasn't giving this a five. The reason it's not a little bit higher in the upper echelons of Remember the Titans or Friday Night Lights for me is while I think this movie is a very well-crafted story and has is very well acted and is captivating, not taking anything away from it. I love how they it's JJ talked about. One thing I really love is they interweave actual footage of what happened in this story, which I think some of the older sports movies don't have the luxury of doing exactly and that's no knock on them that's what this movie does really well um, and I enjoyed that where it misses some of the the word for me is the feels like remember the titans with the music and kind of the message that it's giving that's not what Moneyball was really about because it's to me it's not connected to a movement of that nature it's about a man that implements kind of a new system and finds peace amongst himself in making his decision to not go for the money and that story really works but the reason it's not a five is because of my emotional connection to what remember the Titans gives me about kind of the team persevering through trial and same thing with Friday Night Lights about overcoming adversity and the desire to win and the struggle to get there even when you fall short. Moneyball doesn't hit those emotional chords for me at that level compared to those movies that I would rate a little bit higher and because of that that's why I give it a four but it is an extremely solid movie, a movie I've watched multiple times already, a movie that's very enjoyable, easy to watch at any point but all it lacks for me is a true emotional chord to true sport. 
hurts that locker room mentality. But I don't think that's what it was ever going for. Moneyball to me is almost not sport in some senses, even though it's a sport movie where Remember the Titans on Friday Night Lights is all about the feeling of sports, if that makes sense. Ian, I am going to go with a four as well. I think this did a really good job of telling a story like Matt's kind of mentioned, like it's like sports is the backdrop for telling the story. Whereas it's not the, the main point of it. And I think they did a really good job at telling the story of Billy Bean and then expanding it so that you got other elements or fillers of different emotions and characters mm-hmm. that like you get kind of a little bit more of Hatterberg's character and Jonah Hill's care or person. Ah, oh, man, it's time to be done with this podcast. <laughs> <I can't talk. laughs> Peter um, Brand's the name you're looking for. Peter Brand. There we go. Peter Brand. Anyways, solid four. It's a good movie. I'll definitely probably watch it again, as especially if somebody else hasn't seen it, I'll push for them to watch this movie. But there is like a little something missing to bring it up to that kind of 4.55 realm for me. So leave it at that. Javier. I actually surprisingly liked this movie. I so I watched it the first time without being prompted to. Right. Mm. I was just bored (laughs) and I saw Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill and I was skeptical, to be honest. But it was really good. I actually really liked it. And I'm not like I said, I'm not a huge sports fan. I don't follow baseball. Anyway, I'm going to give this a four out of five. Like, I think it was really, really good. And I would totally watch this again. In fact, I've watched a couple scenes from it since then. So awesome movie. Matt, so why don't you tell them where they can find us? Yeah, you can find us wherever good podcasts are found. Ghana, Apple, Spotify. Check us out on our website at whatsourverdict.com or on social media at, on our Instagram or Facebook or our YouTube channel where a lot of our movie reaction trailers drop and a lot of our spoiler-free for newer movies that have come out as well. So give us a look. Awesome. Don't forget to tune in next Monday. We're going to be reviewing the movie Swing Vote with Kevin Costner. Come check that out in lieu of all the crazy political stuff that's been going on. So join us for that one next week. We appreciate you tuning into this one and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye now. Bye. Da, na, 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 na. Bye.